Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fan Effect, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters. I'm Andy Farnsworth. Joining me for this episode today is my co-host, Kellyanne Halverson. Hi, Kellyanne. Hi. Well, it's been a long year for John Krasinski. You might not remember, but A Quiet Place Part 2, the sequel to his massively successful Hollywood studio directorial debut, was the first potential blockbuster to have to move off its scheduled release date when COVID first began shutting down public gatherings back in March of 2020. The Dark Days. In the first chapter of the story, A Quiet Place was a hold-your-breath, tension-filled sci-fi suspense movie about two parents, Lee and Evelyn Abbott, the real-life couple John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. They were trying to protect their family from alien creatures who hunt humans by sound, and it grossed $340 million worldwide. Part two has seen its release date moved around several times. It was first September, then they were moved it to March, and then they eventually moved it to, I think, again, September. Then they moved it back to Memorial Day. It's been all over the calendar, mm-hmm. but now we're here. <laughs> and it's always because Krasinski wanted to make sure that it opened in theaters and not on a digital on-demand release, which... I think it was the wise move. Actually, I know it was the wise move, but uh, I had a kind of a different experience by watching A Quiet Place Part 1 on the computer. I hadn't seen it until about 12 hours before I saw A Quiet Place Part 2. <laughs> so I got the experience of watching the first movie um, on a computer, which is how you'd have had to do it. And I watched it at 1130 at night by myself, oh. sitting in my bed with a laptop and earbuds in. So I did get some of the effect that I think... I think there's something to be said where you can create a similar effect for yourself, but you got to be in a dark room. Mm-hmm. You got to have a screen close to you and you got to have earbuds in so you get the full effect of the sound without anything else. So as far as drawing you into the movie, it can be had, but it's way better and it's designed and you know, it's the reason we go to the movies in the first place is for movies like this where it's a communal experience where not only are you like riveted to the story because you, I, I get drawn into my favorite movies to where I don't realize that time is passing or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just something that you're really enjoying as you're going along. But rare is the movie where you almost subconsciously feel like you're part of it. And that's what the first Quiet Place was like. And that's what the second Quiet Place, Quiet Place Part 2 is like. Uh, for anybody who maybe hasn't seen The Quiet Place 1 or 2, first of all, why are you listening to this if you Go haven't seen it? Watch, watch it. it first. <laughs> we are going to do some spoilers later, not 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 at the very beginning. We'll do a little bit of plot setup uh, before we get uh, before we get too far into it. But uh, and then we'll give you the chance to to bug out before you you know you hear some of the stuff. But mm-hmm. you got a quiet place. Uh, the only movie that I can recall seeing in theaters, or maybe not even seeing in theaters because this came out while I was out of the country. But the, the only movie I can recall. That kind of a feeling was uh, the first Mission Impossible movie with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. The scene where he's hanging from the vent and the room is sound sensitive, light sensitive, temperature sensitive. And so he's hanging there and nobody can make a peep and the buckle's breaking. And, and I didn't see it. Like I said, I got sucked into it watching it at home. But my family told me when they were in the theaters, like everybody was holding their own breath. Mm-hmm. 
because they didn't want to be the one to like set off the censors in the movie. Gosh, yes. And that's what I felt like in theaters watching A Quiet Place. Exactly. Part two. And everyone is really afraid to even unwrap anything or shift around. Or I, I had my little notebook out and taking notes. And I was like, I can't flip my page. Like, I don't want to create any noise here. And it's even more in the first one because you, you, you didn't already, you hadn't already seen and known the monsters. So, oh. Well, but that, I, I didn't think that that made them any less fearful mm-hmm. uh, knowing what they're, you know, knowing how they hunted and everything. They, Of course, they didn't know that initially in the movie. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the fun of, of part one is figuring out what they're weak with. I assumed that there was going to be a weakness. I mean, for me, the uh, Quiet Place Part 1 and 2, they were both really fresh in my mind. I mean, mm-hmm. it would be like taking just a long intermission and then watching the second half. And especially considering they're kind of tighter uh, lengthwise, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like a long time. It did kind of feel like maybe a couple of episodes. If you watch British television, <laughs> their episodes are like two-hour movies, but there's seven of them. Mm-hmm. This isn't quite like that, but it, it kind of felt like that. So they were both, there was a very similar experience to have them both together to be able to compare the one with the other and have each one of them be my first experience with each version of the movie. I thought they gave me a, a I was kind of glad to have that perspective. My daughter, of course, had been begging me to watch it for three years now and since so it came have out. I. <laughs> and this was actually, I, this was the first uh, screening that got canceled, too. Like, mm-hmm. this was on the list for like a week. And then they're like, nope, we, we got to cancel it. And I had to tell my daughter who was going to go with me to it. Nope, sorry, they canceled it. No, why? Well, didn't they have the world premiere for two in 2020, March of 2020? I, yeah, like, I think so. It was yeah. like the week before the pandemic shut everything down, so they'd had the premiere, mm-hmm. but then it hadn't made it out to all the critics across the country to yeah. have a chance to screen it. But it was like the week after mm-hmm. that it was scheduled for. I think it was March 24th, and they shut everything down on like the 18th or 19th. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 17th. That was I don't remember. time. Yeah, it was all kind of a big blur together. So, Well, I did something similar with watching the second one. I wanted to have the first one fresh in my mind. So I actually watched the first one uh, for, again, I think I've seen it several times now, right before um, we went. I went to the screening. And I had locked myself in one of the little studios here. I was sitting on the floor with my laptop, all quiet, all in the dark. And I had a similar kind of, oh, this is a different kind of creepy experience going on here. But I was really grateful I did that because that's something really nice about this film is they really just flow straight into each other. Yeah, well, and then mm-hmm. it works. I mean, the first question that people came up with when they saw the trailer originally was, well, I'll get to that in a yeah, second. Yeah. I don't want to jump that one yet. I don't want to jump that one yet because we're going we're gonna to mark the spoiler point uh, yes. before if somehow you haven't seen A Quiet Place Part 1. So the second chapter, which returns all of the main cast, Krasinski, Blunt, Millicent Simmons, uh, who's actually from Utah. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. And she's actually deaf, which makes she's me happy. She's actually deaf, and so she's – yeah, she's not actually – Not that she's deaf, but as, as a, as a that person – That makes you happy. Thanks a lot, Kellyanne. <laughs> no, I, I knew what you meant. As a deaf person playing a deaf character, I, I'm, I'm very – I love when situations like that happen where someone who's playing something they actually have. She's actually been very vocal um, about casting hearing actors in deaf roles because she thinks, you know, there's there's deaf actors who could do this just as well. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't know very many, though. I mean, I, I've heard of her, and I knew of, uh, um, I, know, I can't think of her name, Marley Matlin. Uh, she's married to... Uh, yeah. I think I've anyway. seen her TV and stuff. Yeah, she, she did some TV yeah, stuff. But, uh, but, but it's true. I don't know a lot characters. of people who are, who are uh, you know, hearing impaired yeah. or that are deaf that, can, that, that do acting. And, and maybe that's the problem, is that they've been there, and we just never find them yeah. because the, the roles are going to hearing mm-hmm. actors. So... All right. She's so good. Kyle Jupe is the other brother. And this time they add uh, Cillian Murphy, who you might remember as the Scarecrow in Batman Begins. Yeah. The Dark Knight trilogy. He was also in Inception. And he plays an old family friend. And, uh, well, let's hear a clip from the movie before we talk much more about said movie. I don't know why he came all the way up here. There's nothing left. Even in that little clip, you can kind of feel the tension that comes from uh, the whole experience of uh, of these. Uh, I assume they're aliens. Pretty sure they're we're aliens. Pretty sure they're aliens. Because we'll, that's we'll have how. To see. Okay, so from now on, we're going to start spoiling things. So if you haven't seen the movie, watch the movies because it really is a fun experience. I will clarify for some people maybe who haven't seen it, who are listening. 
I, I talked with a lot of different people as I was trying to get some different feedback. And they, like me initially, when you look at the genre title, it always lists horror. Mm-hmm. And when you hear horror, you kind of think slasher. Ooh, you which know. we both don't like. Right. And so that might have been a little bit of my resistance. I personally, it can be fun sometimes, but I can only handle so much tension when mm-hmm. I watch a movie like I need a lot of humor to release the tension, and nothing is worse than just sitting there wondering if they're going to survive. Now, that's a good thing because you see enough movies, and eventually you can kind of guess mm-hmm. who's going to make it and who's not going to make it, and oftentimes you're right. It, it, it just becomes part of your ability after watching a lot of movies to decode the language of movies, mm-hmm. how directors you know, put things in because they, they they can't really bring a true surprise out of left field it's hard to do. Like yeah. you have to have sowed the seeds. Think of a sixth sense. A lot of people felt like that was out of left field at first, including me. Um, but then when you go back and w- and you watch it again, you see all the clues all that the were dropped along the way that you didn't pick up. So eventually you start to be able to, uh, you know, maybe from the not quite as talented filmmakers, you can pick up the clues. Oh, that's going to be important. All that's along the way. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it just comes from experience. Having seen lots of movies, Exactly, exactly. She pantomimed, which is in the podcast is no good. She she put her hands together like... But you can't say that yet. I can. Mm-hmm. I can. Well, I want to say something before I get to the spoilers. Well, that's not a spoiler. It's just sign language. She did sign language. You can't do sign language on a podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. But at any rate, um, they, 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 they do... It's almost like you can't cheat and be like, uh, oh, yeah, it was, uh, it was the best friend. Mm-hmm. And it's like... What? And then there's no explanation, or, or they, they try to. Cl- there has to be something that, you that go, if oh, you that's had why caught they it, said that. exactly. Mm-hmm. Like if Columbo solves a, a, a mystery, or Benoit Blanc, Columbo. since he's the. Well, I'm just trying to think of somebody. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes Benoit is like a hundred years ago, um, but Benoit Blanc from Knives Out. How about that? That's a good one. If he solves it with literally no clues being anywhere in the movie up to that point, it won't make sense. Then you feel cheated. Like, oh well, I didn't realize this was a. Pull it out of the out of the thin air. Mm-hmm. So after a while, you start to to you kind of. It's like the cheat code. It's like the hack. Yeah, I, I don't have to be too tense because I'm pretty sure this person's going to die, or there's no way this person is going to die because they had this key scene and they spent way too much time here. And you just you just notice that kind of stuff yeah. after a while. My mom's like, how did you catch that? How'd you guess that? Cause, and I'm like, well, because of this beforehand, I, I, I tend to notice these things. And it always just boggles her brain that I could do that. When I watch a movie with friends or a kid, and, and it depends on the type of movie, but there mm-hmm. are times where I'm tempted to like, and usually if it's my oldest daughter, I'll do it anyway. Yeah, I'll do it with my I'll mom. I'll lean over and go. There, that's the per like early on, like that's the person or <laughs> yeah. they're going to die. Yep. That person's going to be important. That's going to come back. And it, oh, and my mom's like, how do you do that? I'm like, I've watched too many films. Yep. <laughs> it really is. It becomes a thing you decode. So great filmmakers can do something like that. Like Knives Out was was a great oh, so movie good. when we talk about that because the director was really skilled. Ryan Johnson was really skilled at kind of guessing what you were going to think mm-hmm. and then Sorry. kind of changing it slightly. The biggest thing, of course, was uh, him trading on all of us rooting for Captain America. Yes. And his I mean, that was that that was a very meta thing. I I bet if you took somebody f- back in time and you pulled them from 2007 to 2020 and said watch this movie, they would have been like, "Oh yeah, no. It's Chris Evans." Mm-hmm. And even when it looked like he was kind of a good guy for part of it. <laughs> they'd have been like, "No, no, no, no. He's just putting on an act." But all of us who watched him as Captain America up until including just a few months previous as in Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. we he was totally playing us on the fact that we would want him to be the good guy, not just looking at the I watch movies, mm-hmm. I wanted him to be the good guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't want him to be a jerk because he's Captain America. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's a completely long side-winded rant about But this movie but, but does with skilled that filmmakers, well. Both- John Krasinski, mm-hmm. yes. He does a good job of of making you and, and I think because of one of the key scenes uh, towards the end of of part 1, that makes it so that in part 2 you're like, okay, Who's really safe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who really is safe? Kids aren't safe. 
loved ones aren't safe. And that works, too, because that helps draw you into the story of now you can kind of feel how they feel. Yeah. There's a term called plot armor. Ooh. Uh, it, it's kind of a joke term, but, you know, in Spider-Man Far From Home, I'm pretty sure he's going to be alive, Spider-Man, at the end of that movie. Probably, probably. Um, it doesn't matter what peril he's in. He's got plot armor. So how's he going to get out of it? I don't know. What did the writer come up with? It's not random like it is in real life. Like, are we going to get out of this? I don't know. So when they can do that in a movie, which is what they did in A Quiet Place Part 1, you go into Quiet Place Part 2, is Emily Blunt going to make it out alive? Mm -hmm. Don't know. We don't. Is Regan going to make it out alive? Mm -hmm. Don't know. Is the baby going to make it out alive? You don't know. Yeah. That would be terribly traumatic, but Mm -hmm. it would also be terribly traumatic for the characters in the movie. Right. And I think, oh. If they do it without it being traumatic for the characters in the movie, then it feels cheap mm-hmm. and it makes you angry. Mm-hmm. It might make you angry no matter what, but mm-hmm. at least you could say, hey, it's not worse for me who's going to go home <laughs> to my sound-filled house with no aliens on the earth. But it, a less skilled filmmaker, I, this this wouldn't have worked as well, and, which well, is and interesting. The, go ahead. Well, and going back to your whole, like, this isn't a normal horror film type of thing. I, I'm the same way. I'm not a much of a horror slasher for slasher type film, monster just for the sake of being scared type film. I really enjoy uh, more psychological thrillers and horror films, which is very much the way this one is done. It is uh, it is something that someone's going to enjoy, even if they're not the classic traditional monster film lovers. Right. Because it gets you emotionally, psychologically, and yes, even uh, like uh, cinemagraphically and, and, and by the fact you're watching it in the theaters with other people in that dark and experience it all at once. It is it's it's an a experience. very awesome experience. Yeah. And it's not just oh, watching a movie, it's experiencing it's, it. And the storyline is crafted so well. And I, I think that's one thing before we really get to spoilers and stuff is put your mask on if that's what makes you comfortable and go see it in the theater. Like this is this is Yeah, well you have to because it's only playing there. It's a yes. It's a but don't wait like cuz you also don't want spoilers. Right. <laughs> go see it as soon as you can. Go check it out. I think I lost my train of thought. That's okay. Then let's do this. Let's take a break and then when we get back we'll do some spoilers and we'll get into a little bit more of the plot and we'll talk about uh, what 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 went well and and you know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that have complaints. I have, that's uh, not a complaint, but I have some things that uh, maybe having watched both together, I have a different perspective than people who've been watching A Quiet Place 1 for three years. So we'll talk about that after the break. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin, and my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Okay, Kellyanne, we're talking A Quiet Place Part 2. Part 2. Now... Much like the first Quiet Place movie, um, it, it does some timeline jumping. Yeah. Okay, so again, this is spoiler territory, so if you haven't seen the movie and you want to, don't really listen to uh, have us give, us any, give anything away before uh, you actually go see it. So we begin with what happened the day the creatures arrived and drove everyone into hiding. Which I loved. It jumped right into the action. It was so great. It was a, it was a way they could bring John Krasinski back mm-hmm. and allow him to be in the movie because people saw the trailer and were like, <laughs> they could only talk to each other who'd seen the first one. Uh, how's he there? Because how's they didn't want to ruin it for anybody else. Like, why why wouldn't he be there? Why? Why? Mm-hmm. But uh, And it was really pretty symmetry with the first film. Oh, I mean, one. that's loved one it. of the things um, that I noticed as having seen the other one so recently was it's the same exact opening shot with the same camera movement and everything, which is funny because there's nobody in the street in the first or second. It just doesn't look run down in the second one with the opening shot on day one. And that's because everybody's behind the buildings at the ball field watching Mm -hmm. kids play little league baseball. Um, It's a community. It is. It was a small community. It gives you a chance to see what the town looked like before it was desolate and, um, Again, it leaves some questions open Yeah, that, uh, like, 
is the farmhouse the Abbots? Was that their place in the first place, or did they just take it over one? Then that's still not answered. Yeah. Um, or was I, it the one they said it crashed near Walker's Farm or something? Is that the Walker's Farm? There, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And the creatures moved pretty quick. Like oh my if, gosh. We're, if we're looking at the fireball in the sky, they got over to where everybody was really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to unanswered questions because it did leave you with some towards the end. And and I kind of actually, believe it or not, liked the fact that there were some unanswered questions. But all right. So we're in part one or I'm sorry, we're, we're on day one. Mm-hmm. And then even though in, in part one, it jumped around to three different spots in the timeline. It started out day 30 or day 40. Then it jumped ahead to the beginning of her pregnancy, and then yeah. it jumped ahead to the end of her pregnancy. So you knew that at least a year had passed, and then maybe a, a close a to a year and a half mm-hmm. since day one. Which I liked because it, it gave you a very strong idea of this is the timeline that we're going for. So. Right. So then now they jump ahead to day 470-whatever. Did you write that down? I didn't write that down. Um, but anyway, I just knew it jumped ahead to 470 472, something. 473, yeah, 474. It, it was literally the day that part one ended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Now the abbots are finally ready to fight back against the creatures because they've discovered a weakness, which is that that Regan's hearing aid creates a feedback mm-hmm. with the creatures' sensors that they use to for sound, and whatever it does, it it exposes the creatures' fleshy. Yeah, it, it makes underside. their armor open, so they actually yeah. become vulnerable. And what but I like only right there, so you still got to make the shot. Mm-hmm. It's not like suddenly they're all complete fleshy. I actually thought their head was going to explode at first. Me too. Me That's too. what I thought was going to be the thing was they could get the heads to explode. But no, they had to shoot it. Which I liked because it still takes action to, to go after them. Yes. And I also liked that they, did, they didn't explain some weird hocus pocus science fiction-y reason that this works. But just like, we don't know. It works. Yep. And that's going to go to the unanswered questions yes. that we'll get to. Mm-hmm. But But before that, so... Now they need to move, though. Apparently they need to leave the house that they're in because it's no longer safe. We did – it did jump ahead just a little bit because instead of just one dead creature, there were multiple dead creatures as the movie began. So obviously she shot the other two that we saw in the security camera at the end of one coming towards them. Which was beautiful how that first one ended. And I I really did. I thought that was great to end with the gun cocking. Like I really thought that was was cool. Um, In fact – I, well, maybe I'll come back to that point, but it was it had to do with like if they don't make a third one and wrap it up really well, they better make a third I'll one. They gotta do wish, it quick because those kids I'll are getting almost old. wish that they had just ended it with one because this idea of okay, now we got a chance and then just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Did they do it? Did they? It, it it almost doesn't matter because it was a satisfying story, right? Right there. And this one it leaves you a little bit like, excuse me. Now, in fact, I actually learned this today. Okay, um, but. Krasinski originally didn't want to do a sequel. I saw that, yeah. And he changed his mind when he thought about uh, giving Millicent the chance, um, Regan the chance to kind of take the lead. I love that. I didn't know that part. Yeah, and because he didn't just want to do it for a cash grab and Mm -hmm. to do it again, but he wanted there to be some other thing like now uh, Regan has evolved and is going to take the lead and to show what she could do. Mm-hmm. And that that Emily Blunt has to now uh, uh, I forgot what her name is it Evelyn uh, Evelyn Evelyn has to rely on her kids more than she wants to remember the last thing she says to uh, Lee bef- the last thing she gets to say to him is bring my kids back to me yeah and then he does mm-hmm. uh, I did have this question is the truck that they roll down the hill with in one is that the truck that the family truck I think so because that's wondered. what it looks like in in that's in what the I first thought film. It okay looks like the same truck. So, oh, that opening scene. <gasps> All right. So when they, we do figure out it's aliens, they come down, they crash. They're like, what is going on? And all of a sudden the, the monsters just attacking and, and everyone like freaking out and leaving the, the game and going down the street. Okay. That moment, they're both driving in separate cars down that main street. The aliens are attacking. That was the moment I'm like, I'm so glad I'm watching this in the theaters because it was so big and so chaotic and just... That's a good point. Heartbreaking and terrifying. I'm so glad I saw it so big. And I, I'm I'm really glad they just jumped straight into the action because it's already a very tense filled film. And it would have been if they would have dragged out that opening scene, that, that flashback too long, it, it would have been too much. So I oh my gosh, terrifying. And I'm terrified of the aliens, so that really made it even worse for me. <laughs> to me, the fun 
if done right, it's kind of a fun little I, 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 I use the word hack, but mm-hmm. maybe that's the wrong word. But it's kind of a hack. It's a way to get us as the viewers to experience it in a different way. We know that sound is uh-huh. what they hunt by. So watching them on day one before they know. And so like the when the sheriff cocks the gun, you're like, that Just dude's that. as good don't as do dead. Do he's dead. Like we're all, no, no, don't you understand? But we also know that he's probably going to have to because where was he already? Mm-hmm. So by jumping around in the timeline, it can give this effect to where we get to experience it differently from the mm-hmm. characters. And... And we're trapped, like we're, we're trapped in the other room and we can't warn them, but oh we want gosh, to, yes. but we want to. Oh, and when that teenager was talking in the coffee shop that they're hiding from, I was just yeah, like, why don't, not? Don't, I don't, would call don't, my don't, family don't. and say, hey man, we're hiding out. Mm-hmm. It's something that you would absolutely 100% do. And the only reason you wouldn't do it mm-hmm. is if you're like us, who knows that they hunt by sound. Oh, don't you understand? Although, of course they don't understand. Lee figured it out really quick and that did kind of bother me. Like, why would he figure that out so so quickly? Well, I don't think he, he wasn't sure they hunted by sound. If you remember his whiteboard, he wrote a question mark next to hunt with sound. But there was also lots of newsprints and stuff that was like it sound and yeah, that's a question you don't. That's and one that of the questions kind of, you don't want to ask about because that's the unanswered question. How, yeah. how did they? Especially because it's a newspaper. Mm-hmm. So oh, and we know newspapers. It takes a well, while. It, that's what I'm saying. Like somebody had to write it, print it, and then deliver it uh-huh. to that newsstand, uh-huh. which everybody was already dead. Yeah. Again, that's what I say. So don't it made, ask that it made it sound of the first don't one. There's lots of question. times. There's lots of lost people folders. I mean, flyers. There, there had to be a way to get us that information. You have to kind of ignore that. That was the only way that they could do it in the first film because they, they, you, you couldn't get it from that. TV and you couldn't get it from radio because they can't have the sound. Mm-hmm. So, but like the fact that Lee figured it out so fast, and I want to well, know. See, I don't think he figured out that they hunted by sound. I think they did because. They're they're immediately go into that cafe basically, and he's like seeing the person talking the phone, and then the the guy who's praying he covers his mouth. But remember, think about this. Think about like an active shooter. Think like an active shooter scenario because this is what they're experiencing essentially. Mm-hmm. Is an active shooter scenario. Not necessarily sound. It's just they just means like don't let anybody know that we're in here at all. Talking will give that away. So not that he knew that they would go straight for that person. Um, although he may have figured it out once he saw that they went straight for the people who made noise and they didn't seem to be able to distinguish who was in there. So well, maybe that's what clued him in. Well, they're a family that thinks a lot about sound anyway. So. Exactly. A smart idea to have a deaf character. It mm-hmm. also allows them to be more likely to survive because they can communicate in ways that other people would struggle with. Mm-hmm. So those are all, these are all very good points. And this is what they're experiencing on day one. Now we jump to day 479. Uh, their home, for some reason, is no longer safe, so now they have to journey with the new baby and maybe find some other surviving humans. Uh, you know, um, Regan's up on the thing lighting the fire and checking to see mm-hmm. what other places have a fire. She sees, I think, just one. Just the one. And I assume that's the one that she goes to, which is Cillian Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and how hard. Like, they were. They tried so hard to be self-contained, and there was the hope that other people were out there. But now her husband's dead. The farm is burning down. The house is flooded. She just gave birth very traumatically yeah, that's another question she needed like like this she, woman gave birth a day before that yeah that, and I, we won't go into the i mean stuff. <laughs> i i give I'll, I'll give it the pioneer woman yeah air quotes when you have to go through extreme things your body can do amazing things i'm pretty sure she wasn't a couch potato mm-hmm. so her body was probably in pretty she's good had, shape she's had she's used to adrenaline she's you know um, but like that's what made it. So she's like, like I she have to go. Stepped find on out. a nail the day before that. She'd given birth in a bathtub, and then had to hide from these things, Infection, and then kill some sepsis, blood yeah, there's, loss. There's lots of things that she was walking on that foot pretty good. Yeah, you have to kind of check out when it comes. Yeah, to that. so there's a few things that. Uh, well, that me you from the start on. is like wear shoes. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, so. Now we get uh, just a quick run through the plot. They meet up with Cillian Murphy. She finds out that his wife has died. Mm-hmm. His kids have died. His mm-hmm. kids probably died First day, is what day said. of. Mm-hmm. And then she died later. 11 weeks before they met. He's hiding out in a steel mill. Mm-hmm. Poor, uh, what's was that the son's what that name? Because I knew it was right. There were trains and stuff. I yeah, it was a steel mill. what type of factory it was. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Because that's what they were in the big, what they would hide out. They would hide out in the in the ovens. 
See, I knew there were ovens and, and stuff. And that's why I'm he like, had to keep the really? timer because they seal themselves tight. Oxygen. Another but, one, I'm glad they didn't explain it. They just let it happen and you had to figure it out. Yes, well, you knew they were hiding from something, but they, and it gives you away by the beeping of the watch, yeah. and then he opens the door. And but yeah, I, I like that. I like movies when they kind of trust the audience to figure out what's going on, mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily have to spoon feed it to you. It makes you feel much more superior Love when it. somebody else doesn't notice the thing, and you're like, <laughs> "Yeah, but I knew that because I understand things. I understand science." <laughs> and so he's hiding out in the steel mill. Um, poor, poor brother. I forgot his name. What's the boy's then, name? Oh, uh, the brother's name is Marcus. Oh my gosh. That Marcus. Part. He steps in a bear trap. Oh, that was the first part where I was like, Ugh. and in fact, um, when I did my TV review, I said, no matter what you think oh. of how the story resolves in a quiet place, part two, you have no choice but to think to yourself, how much more can these people go through? Oh, and then like, that, and he's screaming, and you want him to stop screaming, and you understand why he's screaming so badly. And she's like, we're all going to die if he keeps screaming, or only him. I can't watch my kid die. And she's just begging with him with oh. tears running down her face, like, please stop screaming. I know it hurts, but you've got to stop. Oh, my gosh. And there's the baby, and you just want to strangle Emmett through the screen, because he's the one that put that bait freaking trap to... Yeah, but he put it there for... He put the it, creatures. You no, think he did it for humans? He put it for other humans. He had said humans were monsters. It was a trip line. It had bells and everything. He was there to to try to trap humans to shoot the monsters. Or I don't even know why. He, like, because yeah, even he's they watching would, it they would, his the scope. armor doesn't open unless there's that sound. Right? There's like no freaking point. It was just to get humans because he called them monsters, which they, I, I wish they would have well, developed. No, but one. but to, to defend Emmett a little bit. Mm-mm. I don't (laughs) like Emmett. You don't want me to defend Emmett. No. But to defend Emmett a little bit, he didn't have any of his fear powder. Just kidding, because he was a (laughs) scarecrow. No, but to defend Emmett, if people come by, that's a danger to him, not just because they could take what he has, but because they can bring the creatures. Mm. So if they make a noise, the creature kills them, he stays silent, and then that's not just his buffer against terrible humans, which we find out there are terrible humans, Mm -hmm. but also, like, at least it keeps... Anybody from accidentally getting him killed by the monsters, creatures, monsters, whatever. Still, still, I, there's I, the, there's ways he could have had a some, a different type of trip water wire that wasn't just bait because that Kellyanne, was bait. There were bells. Have you ever heard the saying, "Hurt people, hurt people." I have, but I think hurt people need to get help and not and hurt And where was people. he supposed to get said help? He knew His there were other fires died. out there. He knew there were other fires out there. That's the whole thing with John, John, um, with Lee, his, his, the character is they had we other can call fires him going Jim out. If we'd like to, you also, could have come we will down. accept Jim. <laughs> we'll accept Jim. <laughs> the, he could have come down. He knew they were there. He, he, he was hearing him on the radio coming up. He had. He made the choice to isolate himself. No, no, no. I don't know if he heard. He only saw the fires. No, I think he heard too. No, because they Cause remember, said. Because remember, Jim, at the beginning, he was talking and everything. They couldn't hear the, in the valley, they couldn't hear the music going on. But where he was, he heard the music and he heard Jim and he chose not to go down and help them. He chose to isolate himself. That's possible. I, I, I don't like Emmett's character. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't feel sympathy for him. I didn't like that he lied about how his wife died. I didn't like how he didn't want to help them, how he didn't come down to help them. I wanted Reagan to be kick butt on her own and didn't need... A, a man to save her. Okay. Although, you know, I totally saw the when he comes on the train and shoots the monster happening. Knew that was But you happen. were okay with that? You were okay with I knew her it was going to happen. That was like, of course, you think you're going to die and someone shoots from behind you can't see and the, and the monster drops and, oh, yeah, it's that guy. They want, I, I, they wanted a, what's the, what's the phrase? Re-something, forgiveness, rebirth, whatever. Redemption. His, redemption of his character. I couldn't care less about his character. I just wanted to see Reagan kick kick butt. Well, he has to be dempted first before he could be redempted. Right? And and they kind of show that. <laughs> they kind of show that when they first meet him. So Emmett has but given just, up I on everything. He he's just going to try to survive, maybe take out a few creatures if he gets the chance. Mm-hmm. But he's not looking to try to help anybody else he doesn't believe that Actually humanity is humans. worth saving mm-hmm. because he's also had which we didn't know that a there were any many more other people than the than the farmers mm-hmm. um but we he did we didn't know until he said that there are people out there and they're not good they're not good they're monsters and mm-hmm. we haven't had that experience 
we we the the Lee and and um, Evelyn family because we're part of it because mm-hmm. we spent the first movie with them. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't had that experience, so it's easier for us to say, "Gosh, Emmett, you shouldn't be like that." And and that's kind of what that's kind of what Evelyn was saying to him too. Mm-hmm. But you know, we haven't been in his shoes. Everybody's programmed differently. We we can go through the same experience and come out with different outcomes. And mm-hmm. and this is what he'd come out with. He had hope, not necessarily hope, but he at least had companionship for a while. They could mourn the, de- the death of their kids together. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't. And then he didn't have her. They didn't have anything. He can't did, really leave where he is. So they had her. But like, why did he lie about the death? I feel like there were scenes that were cut. Because why did she, he lie about the death of his wife? And um, well, I think the only thing he lied about was where she died. But like, but did she die because she was sick? Like, could he tell on on that body? Like, no, because it was decayed. We couldn't tell anything. Well, it was essentially mummified, not mummified, but it was. Which wouldn't work. It was in like that buried above ground. Mm-hmm. It was buried above ground. By by that I mean not buried yeah, at all. Yeah, so yeah. he he couldn't part with her. Mm-hmm. So the only so maybe she did die somewhere and he brought her back. It would have meant more though if like some for some reason she died because of the people. Like there was more of a backstory of the monster people, the people who became monsters. I would have felt more for Emmett if it's something like that. But her just passing away well, and then been lying and say it was at home and. And things like that. I don't. Well, this is their home now. This is their home now. Yeah, but um, the steel plant is home. It's a steel plant, not a railroad. <laughs> so anyway, they they hide out. Um, Emmett um, gives them a gives them a little bit of shelter. Explains that they can only hear you if they're directly overhead, mm-hmm. uh, so they can talk normal. So here's the first chance for them to talk like regular people in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he agrees to give them some shelter. Um, Evelyn decides or realizes she's got to go get more oxygen, so she's got to hike back into town, mm-hmm. which means she's got to leave the kids. And um, oh, when she puts her ring on that cross, yeah, well, she lost mm-hmm. him too. Yeah, my heart. And maybe she was just letting Emmett know she's available. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding. A Quiet Place Part 3, part Emmett three. and Evelyn's Emmett Wedding. And Evelyn. No. No, we don't. <laughs> How do you have a wedding in complete silence? Is there anyone who objects to these two being wed? Is this Let an them SNL speak now or parody? forever hold their peace. No How one speaking. I guess we're getting married. <laughs> Kellyanne would yell out in the quiet theater. I don't care. <laughs> All right, so um, Regan goes off deciding she needs to... Such a teenager move. I love it. Now that she knows that there's music, they, they hear the music saying... Um, the Bob, I think it was Bobby Darren, um, yeah, um, song somewhere above the sea, somebody's waiting for me. Yeah. And so they realize that there's one station playing that song on loop and it must be a coded message. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that Reagan was kind of cool that, that, that he hears music and like, even though he's in like horrid pain, he, he's so excited to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't think there was a whole lot of setup for that. Like this is the first I mean, I knew that John Krasinski was on the radio, but I didn't know he was listening for, like, radio stations. And sh- I, think we're seeing I, was like, I, I thought she was putting the thing over his ears. I, I couldn't figure out why. And then when she's just twisting the dial, I, I, I didn't get what that was all about. Yeah, it, yeah. It seemed like a little bit out of nowhere, but it's okay. I'm, See, not everything who, has to be explained to me. And figuring out the meaning of it seemed a little out of nowhere. But it was one of those, I just have to accept this to move It was a little on. convenient, yeah. but they found it. And then they, you know, the valley had kept them from getting the radio signal and the, the hurt that the kids feel at thinking, you knew, like, dad would have known. And he's like, well, no. It's, You're in the valley. Mm-hmm. So it was a convenient necessity. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. So Regan decides she's going to take her hearing aid to find that radio station yes. because if she can broadcast the feedback signal, mm-hmm. that can move them from just being able to defend themselves against a couple of arriving creatures to mm-hmm. potentially crippling them at a greater rate. Mm-hmm. The drawbacks to this plan are they have to have a speaker that's turned on somewhere for mm-hmm. it to make a difference. I thought that the speaker she had had a really resilient Energizer battery in it. I know when she but cut that the cord, again, I'm like, um, that was a little bit better to just leave that, leave that thought to the side. Yep, yep, yep. And she strikes off on her own. Um, there's that image of her walking with bloody footprints because she's been walking on the railroad tracks for so long. What I don't get, 
I, well, no, I Jesus. guess I do get it. It's sound, but there's got to be a way you can put some coverings on your feet, moccasins. like moccasins, right? Something, boots. something that doesn't leave a lot of crunching noises. Or even if you have boots, because Emmett wore boots, well, there even- are ways to walk in which it doesn't make a lot of noise. Um, I, just, I hate the idea of bare feet. Like I love, but, feet, it, but- it, it's another obstacle to overcome. It's the commitment to to being quiet. The, the survival. This is what we have to do to survive. But like once I got off that sandy path, put some shoes on. Well, and I thought that was a very interesting symbolic moment. The sandy path was like this is the farthest we've gone. Every step after this is brand new territory for us. And like, even where did we John Krasinski? Where did Jim Halpert get all that sand? Better can't. not to ask again. They were um, there for a while. But where do you get the sand from? The heart, um, there was a Lowe's around the corner, and it got the playground sand, and, and there you go. All right. Okay. This is as good an explanation as any. Why not? Why not? Sure. Uh, she <laughs> has an encounter on the train. We come to a train station Which, where we can see- Why did you go on that train? To get the first aid kit. I know, but like, still, they've survived so far without a first aid kit. Yeah, but her feet were the literally danger- bleeding. That's why she went for the first mm. aid kit. Her feet. That's uh, maybe that's another reason they showed it. But they showed her feet leaving bloody yeah, I, footprints I, I, as she okay. walked toward the train. I didn't think about that. So she goes and those on. Bodies of course, would have been a different type of desiccated. Just so you know, that bugged me as a. They should have person. been more goopy. They would have been. They wouldn't have been goopy by now. But they wouldn't have been. Um, they wouldn't have been like a mummified. Like well, scavengers would have got to them unless all the scavengers were gone. And they would have been more just bones by that point in time. And they, they wouldn't have been desiccated like that. But that's just because I, I dead things is one of my. <clears throat> well, it had been a year, so they'd had a full winter. This is, wait, where was it? Is it in, it's set in New four, York, right? It, it upstate New York. Yeah, but it wasn't like, had, it wasn't upstate New York playing somewhere else, like pretending to be Ohio or Indiana no, or something. I think it was because at the very beginning, it said, oh, on the train station. It was like this way to New York, this way to that. So you're supposed to be in like the okay, farm so a few states side. west, Pennsylvania or yeah, something. Yeah, everything okay. would have been desiccated. Um, but also, like <laughs> it's humid in the summer and cold in the winter. It would have gone goopy, then it would have gone dry. <laughs> so therefore, don't go see Reed, a Quiet Place Part Two. Kellyanne says because the bodies did no. not decompose in the way that they should have. I just all right. Thanks for listening to CSI. the Fan Effect Podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Did the, do you think the monsters ate all the wolves and dogs and stuff? Again, that's that should be one of our. You know, let's just do the unanswered questions as we go along. <laughs> I don't know. Going. Did they chase birds? Did they just hit any sound, or were they looking for something? But like birds were still there. Raccoons were there in the first. They're, they weren't worried about wolves or coyotes or things like that. Never saw them. They probably went after them. And then, like, did they did they crash in a spaceship? They didn't seem very cooperative. They didn't have a reason to be there on Earth that we're aware of. But then at the same time, if you were – I've thought about this a lot. No, if I have you were, If you were the people experiencing it, you would have those exact same questions that might not be answered. So, of course, the audience says it adds to the tension and the fear of it all. Man, it's a good film. <laughs> a lot of questions. We don't have answers for all of them. And some we don't need. Some I might have liked to have had. Yeah. So, at any rate, she gets encountered by the creatures – um, Emmett comes and saves her. And she did need someone with her. She can't hear And then she convinces making. Emmett, or she tries to convince Emmett to help her. Mm-hmm. And then she wakes up and f- thinks he stole her hearing aid and went off on his own. So mad at him. He comes back. Yeah, but he came back. Like, he never really was, left. That was a good one. You were ready to shoot the screen I, yourself. I was. I was. Emmett. <laughs> I also wanted Evelyn to be with her. You hated Emmett so much, you won't even watch Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. <laughs> Just because they share a name. How do you have a Jug Band Christmas special when you can't make noise because of aliens? No, you don't want to watch it. It, You hate Emmett so much from this movie that you have translated that hatred into our world and are now projecting it onto the helpless Jim Henson, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas just because he has the same name of Emmett. (laughs) Anywho. So... They They realize they need to get to the – Emmett knows of a boat. He decides to take her. Um, They get to the waterfront, and they run into some of those terrible humans that we find out about. Mm -hmm. Emmett's pretty resourceful Mm -hmm. and manages to uh, get get them free and get all the humans murdered while saving both him and Regan. And it goes back to that example of before how how good writers need to seed things earlier in the film without it being too obvious because he asks how to to sign dive – um, at the ballpark at the very right. beginning, so we we saw that coming up, which was which was cool. I wish we would have gotten more of the monster people. 
Well, maybe that's what part three. But I, I actually disagree with you on that because I think they're much – Jaws was way better till you saw the shark. Mm-hmm. I, well, I think they're better as the boogeyman. The monster people as the boogeyman? Yeah. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're talking about the monster, pe- the people yeah, who are jerks. the people who are jerks. Okay, gotcha. So I'm just I don't know. I, I, I think that we can just know that they're out there and that they're sinister and, and that's enough. See, I thought we would have seen more of them, like maybe coming up on Evelyn and, and Marcus back at the at the steel whatever factory. No, so you're thinking of zombie movies. I think I, I do like zombie movies and post-apocalyptic. That's what it feels like things. a zombie type the of sand. thing. Like yeah, yeah. the zombies are now closing in on the farm as well. Because um, you have the zombies, you have the good people and the bad people, and then you have the good people who you're worried that they're actually bad people, which we're about to get to the good people. Well, and then you got dumb, dumb kid who decides to go explore the steel plant instead of just staying down where he's supposed to. He makes the noise, brings the monsters in, and now he's got to hide out in the oven without any oxygen. And him and his brother are having to suck oxygen while um, while Evelyn, who thankfully picked up that extra oxygen yeah, tank, two hands, uh, so that she could use one to blow up Why a, a didn't you creature. Grab more before? Well, I don't know. Maybe because they were closer to the town before, mm-hmm. and they were planning on staying in the farmhouse. Yeah, why didn't they just stay by the waterfall either? Sorry, sorry. Uh, that's a good question because it freezes in the winter or it's too cold. Still, at least for giving birth to your child, put a shack up right next Ooh, to the. She just could have given birth on the rocks behind the waterfall. Behind the waterfall. Maybe that was their plan. She had no, to use the tub because she went into labor. No, her th- they had the the room all down there. They had tried to soundproof it and stuff. That's mm. where she was going to give birth. That's where all the medical supplies were. Um, but yeah, I was Kellyanne. We're talking about part two. I know. But when Those that were kid, questions for part when that one. Kid left his baby brother and yeah, walked that was around lame. on a and freaking then brought the creatures foot. in. But hey, at, at the same time, kids are dumb. Kellyanne, you don't yeah. have any yet, but they're dumb. <laughs> they're pretty dumb. And they don't listen to you, and they do the exact opposite of what you tell them very often. Yeah, but kids also can't handle pain like that. He should have stayed yeah, down there. I don't know. Freaking he was, he was moving He was moving on his leg pretty well, I thought. Oh, my gosh. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I, one of the things that I liked was the way that... Uh, um, that Krasinski ratchets up the tension by just putting the characters through the most grueling and painful situations, mm-hmm. like like stepping on the bear trap, like um, and the level of having to be like the bloody footprints, it. right? Well, and that's what works with it is so it amplifies that grueling and painful situation because they have to keep silent in order to avoid detection. <sighs> and I liked how uh, they used sound or the lack of sound mm-hmm. as like a really effective way of it was almost like a hammer sometimes the silence was like a hammer Mm -hmm. and that's where you in the in in the audience are are so drawn into the story that you don't want to make a peep or even move and not necessarily although i bet some of it's you don't want to mess with the things on screen but you also don't want to be the person because you suddenly become aware of how quiet it is and you're like if i have to burp turn a page eat a piece of popcorn like you're gonna take like one kernel and suck on it so you don't have to even make the crunching sound you get so drawn into the world yeah and you don't want to be the person that everybody immediately turns and looks at in the theater because you made the noise and so that that's kind of fun that becomes almost an audience participation kind of thing well and when evelyn returns with the oxygen tank Mm -hmm. and oh and she's like under the water she's it's a call back to the waterfall to the music very much a Jaws moment with the shooting of the, of the oh, oxygen yeah, yeah. tank. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's a very good point. That is a very good wrong. point. You can't shoot an oxygen tank and nope. have it blow up? Nope, not like that. Um, oh, my gosh. But the tension there, there's like you're in the same place, but it's two places. You have down there Marcus and the baby, and you're just freaking out. And then her up there with the monster trying to get them away from the kids. Oh, my gosh. That was that was beautiful. Well, <laughs> no, and that's a good point because— a tactic like the sound and the hunting with sound and the being quiet, that is a, a movie-making tactic that can get away from a director mm-hmm. if they use it too much mm-hmm. or if if they get into kind of ridiculous terms. And, and that's what I think Krasinski did so well was he didn't overuse it. Mm-mm. You know, I, I feel like you were saying you want to know more about the creatures. I like them in the more sparing way yeah. so that they're still terrifying. Like they're ugly. They look like venom without eyes uh-huh. and they're hard to hurt. So, you know, you only get one crack at shooting them. Mm-hmm. You better you better hit it and just not having them around and, and, you know, knowing that you can't get away from them speedily 
it's best to not have them there because otherwise the longer you're alive when they're nearby, the harder it is kind of to believe that you've survived. Like it's just better to, I survived this encounter. Mm -hmm. Darth Vader was on screen in Star Wars for nine minutes. Oh, wow. The original Star Wars movie. Nine total minutes of a two-hour-plus movie. Mm -hmm. He was still the most terrifying thing from that movie. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Kids were terrified of Darth Vader. And what 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 it was was even if you went and saw it a bunch of times, maybe if you only saw it twice, you remembered Darth Vader. He was visually so intimidating. He sounded terrifying. And he was impossible to kill. Mm-hmm. Does that sound familiar? That, Quiet Place Part 2? Same, same with Jaws but, and everything. You don't like, see... Exactly. Right you you don't even end. know what you're fighting. And they, they did it really good, too, though. Like, So we had the tension of what are the monsters in the first film. Now you actually see them. They made them like, really grotesque and weird to look at. Yeah. Which made them... Even it made him scarier in this show. Even right, but then when you don't knew. get to see him very often, mm-hmm. you just remember the teeth, or the head that sort of splits open, oh, or that they gross. have these big long razor hands, and that they move really fast. Ooh. All of those things are terrifying. I, I'm I'm sure that there are kids who have nightmares of trying to get away from those creatures just from having seen them in the movie, mm-hmm. and that's like their subconscious fear PG-13, manifesting. By the way, for a reason. Well, that, and you don't want to take kids to this movie yeah. because if they make noise, then everyone in the theater is going to hate you, <laughs> really. Um, but I, I, I like that Krasinski didn't overdo it. Yeah. Um, now, that may have been helped by the relatively short runtime of just 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel like there were any points where things just sort of dragged along. And in an age where movies just seem to be getting longer, I actually really appreciated that kind of throwback movie feeling of just keeping the story really simple and compact. Um, you know, why are the creatures there? Who knows? They're just there, and you got to mm-hmm. deal with them. That's how it is for that's the characters. Kind of life too. Yeah. But that's how it is for the characters. They don't get to interview the creature who's like, "Well, we're actually here because our planet has been devastated, and now we must find new resources." That's usually the standard reason aliens yeah. invade Earth. Yeah. Who knows? And we still don't know after part two. Mm-hmm. And I kind of don't even want to know. <laughs> like at this point, don't tell me. Don't so give I'm me. I don't need sympathy. I don't need sympathy. I, well, that's fine, but I don't need to know mm-hmm. what their motivations are. Mm-hmm. They're actually more frightening by not knowing their motivations. This need to understand everything that the villains do and have it have to have rooted in some We've been real place. That. That I like that in some cases. But, I mean, the other big movie this week is Cruella DeVille. Did anybody go around wondering what was – you know, I always wondered, what was Cruella's motivation? Nobody has. So don't tell me. Just leave them who they are. She was mean. (laughs) I don't need a movie about young Thanos. I like Thanos. Don't need to see young Thanos. The prequel. I may end up getting that. I may end up getting that. Taller Thanos. Yeah. Thanos babies. You know the Titan babies. babies. Titan babies because he's a Titan. Titan babies. Oh, true, true. They make their dreams come true (laughs) using the Infinity Gauntlet. So speaking about kids, I love the character development of the kids in this. They really kicked butt and came into their own. Even the brother, like, he was so fearful in the first one, being able yep. to stand up and protect. Um, uh, what's her name? Reagan, being able to be the one to actually, like, the, the killing blow. Like, I loved the development. You had a lot of parental development and even Reagan a bit in the first one. But it was a lot about the kids learning to face their own and coming to age. And oh, It was great. It was well, great. and I think that was what... John Krasinski like because he wrote mm-hmm. this one himself. Yeah, based it on the characters who helped uh, from the people who helped him co-write the first one. But he wrote this one himself, mm-hmm. and then he directed it. So pretty, pretty talented. Who who, who knew Jim Halpert mm-hmm. had this kind of filmmaking skill? I don't think he's ever worked in a radio place though, because that was very uh, old equipment. Okay, that's a whole but other story. Kind of we uh, mm-hmm. have a different perspective on that. <laughs> but uh, the, the scene in the radio station, you know the. Uh, how terrible you felt for the people on the island who'd survived that long, and then suddenly they're just getting cut down like everybody else. Who, I thought they were setting who them up. Kind of thought they were in the clear. Terrible people. I wondered about that. Mm-hmm. In fact, even when Emmett's eating the corn, you're like, "Are they just setting him up? Are they just drawing him in? Mm-hmm. They think they're going to murder him, aren't so that they?" That was refreshing. Yeah, but then they all got killed. So mm-hmm. um, stupid. Poor Jamon Hunso. I I don't know how to pronounce his name, mm-hmm. but. Uh, he was in one of the Marvel movies. Yeah, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was the guy who, at the beginning, was trying to arrest Star-Lord. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Uh, anyway, Good so we end the movie. She manages to broadcast 
the the feedback signal. Now, the unanswered question is, how much battery life does that little thing have and how long can it continue to broadcast mm-hmm. that? Um, if the creature's dead now, mm-hmm. I actually thought she was going to beat it after it was dead, like take out all of her rage and frustrations and anger and really? teenage angst. Like it was one of those things like uh, this, this thing has caused so much pain in my life and taken so much from me. You, you're just like having a cathartic rage uh-huh. on the on the body. I, I thought she was going to do that for a mm-hmm. sec. I wonder if if Krasinski considered having her do that and then pulled it back. Um, I thought the first thing she'd go to the island would be go to the radio station. Oh and no, tell no, no, no! I mean, after the end when she's well, killed I know, the I alien, just but thought that idea and I had to get that in. The first thing I would have done if I got to the island wasn't sit and have a barbecue. It was well, go they to that didn't know. Radio station. They didn't know if they were bad or good. Mm-hmm. And so they had to find that out before they did anything. They didn't want to give away the the, the, the piece they had is that headphone. You can't lose but, that. You can't give it away because but like they were chilling and hanging out, and it was definitely overnight. Like I, oh, you guys are good people. We got to go to the radio station right now, and at least to tell my mom they were going to remember. Going to and then the too alien got loose. Mm, too much time. They should have done it right away. Okay, Kellyanne, what the. Monday morning quarterback. Sorry, no, I'm just sorry, kidding. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, if I if I knew my mom was in danger somewhere at, and was listening on the radio for me, I would have immediately gone to the radio as soon as I found out that they, these people weren't going to kill me. I would have asked, "Let's go to the radio." And I need to tell my mom I'm fine. I need to tell people what's going on that they can't swim. And then, but Kellyanne, this is a signal, Kellyanne, kill them. these are the first humans that they can talk to out in the open in a year plus. Still. This is the first food they can eat at regular volume. Oh, food. Oh, I would want I'd pro- I I would take the corn to go then and go to the radio Take station. the corn to go. Could yes. I get that to go, please? Also, <laughs> three piece a three-piece bucket of chicken. Why do they still have power? Oh, too many unanswered. Because it's on an island. They got they generate their own power. How'd they have it before then? Do they have their own farm and stuff there, too? I don't know. What, everyone knows how to work a radio station? No, they just left it going. <laughs> Nothing ever changed. It was a record but, that would play itself over yeah, and over again. Yeah, but they again. put that record on. They put that okay, record on. Kellyanne, you could put a record on. Yeah, but when you should think like they had the record on, they would have been like, put a record hey, people, on. they can't swim. What do you think they put a bunker in a moat and stuff? I'm way overthinking this, but it's because I love post-apocalyptic worlds and the idea of preparing for them. I don't know what to say to that. It's okay. <laughs> Just kidding. The zombies aren't coming, Kelly. Salt Lake the zombies be are the not best coming. Place for a zombie apocalypse. Costco's lots of places, lots of like ward houses and stuff like that. People working as a community. I think Salt Lake would be the best place to survive a zombie apocalypse. I'm telling you that right now. Okay. Well, I'm glad I live here then. Then I've got a chance. Off tangent. It's well, a good no, no, no. Film, what, 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 if you had a complaint, what would it be? Of this film. Um, plot-wise, story-wise? Plot-wise, just a lot of unanswered questions. Okay. We spent all this time trying to keep the family together at the first. I would have liked to see them come back together at the end, even okay. though I, I know that's kind of the style of just stopping when you have that relief point. Well, the first one is absolutely an A. This is probably a B plus. And I, I love that most sequels to horror films are just terrible. <laughs> they kept that tension. They kept that. I loved the, I loved that there was unanswered questions, and I hated it at the same time because that's me. No, um, that's fair. And I just, I just wanted the family back together at the end. I wanted that telling the mother to be relieved, and like they never named the baby, right? Not that we heard. Not that we heard. Um, good film. Though. No, I thought maybe they did. They, I don't think so. It wasn't listed anywhere on IMDb or anything. I did look for that. Well, no, um, but I think they said the name in the movie. They did in the movie. I, I feel like uh, Emily Blunt said it, but I could good. be wrong. I could be wrong. I could be misremembering. My my possible complaint, and this goes back to watching one and two so close together for the mm-hmm. first time, was that they were really, really similar in story and style. But I like that. Now that's okay because uh, the tug of war in sequels is how much do you do like the first one, which is what everybody liked, mm-hmm. versus. You're not just making the same movie. Um, we watched television shows for years where it was for, it's called formulaic. Yes, 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 yes. Our sequel's formulaic. Sometimes they are. This one, it was, but like I said, if I hadn't seen A Quiet Place Part 1 in a year or two, mm-hmm. I might feel different. I might be just got right back in. 
I didn't think that there was enough difference because if you look at the the combination, we jumped time a little bit, mm-hmm. both movies. Uh, we lost somebody who was important to us or, or a close friend or, or somebody died. We had to, even though we have a defense against the monsters, they're not at our mercy. So to me, that was the biggest feeling different was that this time they had a sliver of hope, whereas the first time they had no hope until they accidentally discovered it. This time they had the trump card. They had the weapon all along that they needed. They just needed to know how to make it most effective because they had the thing. And so now it's we might still die or we probably will still die or we could still die, but it's not we will die, which mm-hmm. is up until the moment that they found out about the hearing aid, they would die if they were detected. As long as possible. They would die. Mm-hmm. So now there is a hope. Like we've we've stopped the slide. And now we're starting to climb our way back up the hill again. So I like that difference. And to me, that that was the different feel, even watching them both so close together, mm-hmm. was that was the different feel is they now had a weapon. How they were going to develop it or how they were going to deploy it or how they were going to, you know, what it was going to do to change their situation. But at least now they had a chance to survive. And so that to me was, okay, now we can... We've been on the defensive. Mm-hmm. Now we can hold our ground, and then maybe in part three, we can take it to it better them. be part three. Have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything. I think they want to see how it does financially. Um, but you're right. they got to shoot it quick. Yeah. One of the funniest things I thought was that uh, the youngest boy, I forgot his name, they hit his face the whole time yeah. in all the pre-parts. I don't remember if I talked with you about that after the movie, but I talked with somebody about it recently mm-hmm. because... Everybody else, and even I watched the movies close together, they didn't look much older. But But a a three-year-old or a four-year-old is going to look way different when they're six than they did when they're four. And if you're going to jump back to day one, so now you get, they they do all those things so that you never see his face. You see him from behind. You see him, like, being held up against his dad. pushing on the swing, but we're not seeing, yeah. Exactly. They they go to great lengths to obscure his face so they could just keep his body type. I thought that was kind of funny, actually. I was like, are we going to get to see this? And then maybe that was purposeful because it's like we we. We already know we're losing him. So Right. And I like that, that by the jumping around, like we said earlier, mm-hmm. you get to know things about the characters that they don't get to know, and, and that's part of the fun. So I think um, both of these films are great examples of the power of cinema to create an immersive experience. Um, I gave Quiet Place Part Two three out of four stars. I, again, it comes back to all the questions. I'm actually just looking at the paper you wrote down. <laughs> You have just as many questions as I do. They're good questions. It would take us another hour to go through all these questions. And and these are actually kind of fun. Maybe maybe put those on the social media page. (laughs) Seriously, and just see how people think. Because I think these are fun questions to answer. And I think they could spark really fun fandom-type debates back and (laughs) forth as to how do people interpret these questions. And, you know, what are some unanswered questions that you had, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you who's listening? Why were there super old electronics everywhere? (laughs) Because they're in small town USA. I don't know. I've lived in small town USA. You still get the correct stuff. <laughs> I'm okay. Th- that's a fair question. I was thinking more like plot questions, but hey, anything's open for debate. To, uh, join us on our Facebook page the, at Fan Effect Show, E F F E C T Show, and uh, check out Kellyanne's questions that she's going to post along with the episode. <laughs> He's saying that to make me do it. Yes, I am, and you know, because uh, it'll be fun to see uh, what people think as uh, as they contemplate. Of course, you got to see Quiet Place Part Two. M- maybe make sure that your questions don't have any spoilers, Kellyanne, yeah, yeah, until yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, later. But uh, all right, so that was our thoughts on A Quiet Place Part Two. I hope that people enjoyed it. Kellyanne obviously enjoyed it a ton. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it, it it made me come around a little bit. On, I mean, I put it off for three years to watch the first one. <laughs> Maybe I should have seen it sooner, but uh, don't let the na- don't let the horror label put it off because I think I think suspenseful thriller or sci-fi suspense is a, is a better descriptive Ooh, term like for the movie, and and I wish that they'd use that in their marketing. I think they'd get a few more people to <laughs> to pay attention and or, or to not you know turn away from it like they have. So that's it for this episode of Fan Effect. Kellyanne, thank you for joining me once again. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of KSL News Radio podcast beyond sci-fi, fantasy, gaming and tech. We're excited to share with you our knowledge and arguments on everything pop culture and fandom. Based in the beautiful Beehive State, Fan Effect celebrates Utah's unique fan culture and we're excited to bring you local guests that feel the same way. I'm your host, Andy Farnsworth. 
And with me is Kellyanne Halverson. Listen regularly on your favorite platform at kslnewsradio.com or on the KSL News Radio app. Do you have a fun idea or local fan culture topic you want us to explore? Let us know by messaging our Facebook page at Fan Effect Show where you can also get the latest nerdly updates and join the conversation. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Fan Effect Show. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have to back real soon for another episode of Fan Effect. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.